Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith that is ultimately about inspiring hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this at mygatewayfellowship.com. The year was 1948. Communism was in full swing, and Tony tells me that there's still communism going around. But it was 1948. And in this country, this particular country, there was this preacher, and his name was Pastor Paul. And in, the, in that country, there wasn't, they weren't allowed to publish any kind of literature. No Bible, no nothing, nothing religious. They weren't allowed to do. But Pastor Paul felt so compelled in his room to keep typing scriptures. And he said, even though it's against the law, I will keep doing it. I will keep writing these scriptures. And right underneath Pastor Paul's apartment happened to live the security guard of the whole building. And in the middle of the night, the security guard heard tap, 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 tap. I think that's how typewriter sounds, but just in case you didn't get it, that was a typewriter. So Pastor Paul is writing. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, people come knocking. Open up, open up. And he opens up. And he says, what are you doing? I'm writing. I'm writing scriptures. And they said, that's against the law. We're going to arrest you and take you in. And so Pastor Paul goes in jail. And in jail, he comes across the captain, if you would, of this whole prison cell. And so this captain comes up to him and says, so, you're a pastor? And he says, yes. So, do you pray before you eat your meals every day? And Pastor Paul says, yes, I do, every day. And he says, well, it doesn't look like your God's listening to you because you are really skinny. And Pastor Paul says, okay. And so he says, you know what? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to lock you in a cell all by yourself for five days and I won't feed you and all you're going to have is a glass of water. And so Pastor Paul gets thrown in a cell all by himself and on the first day he has this cup of water. The whole day goes by and it's nighttime and Pastor Paul's stomach starts talking to him. And so he gets on his knees And he prays, Dear God, you are a God who can work miracles. You are a God who answers prayers. Please, work a miracle for me. And as he opened his eyes, he heard a cat, Meow! Meow! And he looks outside the window and Coming inside was a cat, and in his mouth he had a piece of bread. And so Pastor Paul says, this'll do, I'll take the bread. And so he ate the bread. Then day two came, he had his cup of water, the whole day went by without anything, and nighttime came. And he got on his knees again and prayed, dear God, you are a God of miracles, please work a miracle for me today. And as he opened his eyes, meow, meow, 
and he looks outside the window. And guess who it was? It was a cat with a loaf of bread. And so Pastor Paul is astonished and he takes the loaf of bread and he eats it. And day three, the same thing. Day four, the same thing. Day five comes and he does the same thing. Gets water, he gets on his knees and prays. But before he begins to pray, his cell door opens up and it's the captain. And he comes and he's like, hey, Pastor Paul, I'm so full. How have you been? I guess you've been starving all these five days. And Pastor Paul is like, well, funny story actually I have for you. And so he says, I actually haven't been starving. And he says, what do you mean? Well, somebody's been feeding me. And the captain got so mad. And who's feeding you? I will find him. I'm going to kill him. They're not supposed to feed you. I gave them orders. And Pastor Paul says, no, it's a cat. It's a cat that's been feeding me. And just as the captain was about to strike him, you hear in the corner of his room, meow, meow. And in the cat's mouth was a piece of bread. And the captain sees it, and he was astonished because that was his cat that was stealing the bread from his table every single day. Can can God work miracles? You know, Pastor Paul probably didn't have that in mind when he prayed. Pastor Paul, when he got on his knees, all he knew was that he presented this need before God and said, I need a miracle. I don't know how you're going to work it, but I need the miracle. And it's amazing. It's amazing what God does. And it's amazing what God still does and will continue to do for us if we just trust. If we just trust. You know, Pastor Paul, not only was he fed, he was fed from the kings, from this captain's table. And it's amazing. You know, this month we've been focusing on the topic of trust. Why trust? There's so many stories that we can grab from in the Bible. And today I want to focus on a particular story and and two particular characters that we may not focus so much on. You know, it's easy to trust when everything is going our way. You know, when, when work is going well, when we have money, when food is well, when everybody's health is okay, it's easy to trust God. You know, but when all of a sudden you lose a family member or you lose your job or money all of a sudden is really tight, you don't have food on your table, you're not sure how you're going to pay rent, it, it gets hard. It gets hard to trust. And, and I'm just being real. It gets hard to trust. Why so much emphasis on this topic, though? Why do we trust? Why should we trust? Is it necessarily because we get something in return? Why do we trust? The resurrection story, as we sang that song, the resurrection story tells of a God of the impossible. The empty tomb speaks of a God of unexpected blessings. The empty tomb tells us of a God who makes the impossible possible. His power can come into our lives and move any obstacles if we just trust. If we just trust. The empty tomb speaks of a God of new beginnings. How many of us are in need of a new beginning today? Let's go on a small journey. And let's imagine for a moment, if you would, with me. It's a beautiful spring day. 
The sun is shining, and the birds are singing. The roosters are, uh, you know, are, what do they do? They crow? Crow, okay, thank you. <laughs> the flowers are in flu- full bloom. People are waking up, drinking their Roman Starbucks, eating their Egg McMuffins or whatever you eat. The people were waking up, they were yawning, and they were on their way. When the sun came up that day, Mary and Mary, I'm going to refer to them as the two Marys, the two Marys rushed to Jesus' tomb. What were they doing? They went to do an ordinary job. It was hope that drove these women up on the hill that Sunday morning. It was their job, it was their duty, it was their devotion. They went seeking Jesus to give. They weren't expecting to receive anything from him. After all, what could a dead person do? What could Jesus' body do for them? You know, this, this part of the story, I feel that we kind of read over. We don't really take in what's actually happening here. Why do we focus? Why, why are these two Marys mentioned in the Bible? Why is their faith so important in this part of the story? And it's their action, their faithfulness, is what's astonishing in this part of the story. You see, the last time that Mary and Mary, M&M, I'm going to refer to them as M&M, actually. The last time M&M saw Jesus' body, it was beaten, and it was bruised. It was bleeding, and it was lifeless. There was nothing left in Jesus' body at that time. So what could he give them at this point? These two women weren't going up the hill to receive anything. And I want to emphasize this again. They were going up the hill to give. How many of us find it so easy to go to Jesus just to ask, hey, please bless my family. Please give me money. Please help me out with this. Please help, you know. Sometimes I find that I I do those prayers as well and I say those prayers as well, you know. But it's interesting that these M&M were just going up the hill. They weren't expecting anything. They were being faithful to what their job called for them at that time. We're going to read up um, in the first verse, first Bible verse for tonight, um, John, the book of John, chapter 20, verse 1. And it says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. It was still dark. Why was it dark that Sunday morning? It was dark from Peter's denial. It was dark from the fear of the disciples. It was dark from Pilate's cowardness. It was dark from Jesus' agony. It was dark from Satan's rejoicing. It was dark from Judas's betrayal. And it was dark from the Jews' rejection. But even though it was dark that Sunday morning, the woman went up to do their job. And what was their job? Why do I keep saying this? You see, the Jewish tradition had a different process than we do these days to prepare a body after it's um, for burial. And so these women were going to anoint Jesus' body and to prepare it as they went to bury Jesus' body. However, these two Marys, 
went alone. It's interesting to note that here all we see is Mary's name, but Andrew didn't volunteer for the job. John did not go before them. The people who were healed, all the people that were healed from Jesus, the people that were forgiven their sins, did not go to help in the burial process. But Mary and Mary decided to be faithful. They decided, you know what, even though no one else is ready or willing to follow and prepare Jesus' body, we're going to do it. We're going to do it because we love him. There will be times when we're also called to be at certain places, to stay late at night or to come early and serve, and no one will notice anything that you're doing. You don't even get a thank you for your sacrifice. And then the question remains, will you still do it? Why are we doing the things that we do? You know, why do I volunteer at church? Why do I give my gifts or my time? You know, even though we're overlooked, like Mary and Mary, their, their sacrifice was overlooked. John and Andrew didn't go with them. The people who received the blessings from Jesus didn't go with them. They went alone. Yet Jesus still saw what they were doing. He saw their devotion. He was the one person that was watching. He was ready to work a miracle in their lives. And so we, as in the verse, oh, sorry, can we pull up the verse? (laughs) So in their faithfulness, as they went up to prepare Jesus' body, they were amazed at the fact that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Let's go on to another verse, Matthew chapter 28. Verse 1, it says, After the Sabbath Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Verse 2. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. You know, I imagine the church board at that time, in the upper room, sitting, as they're trying to decide what they're going to do Sunday morning. You know, they're all still processing what has happened. You know, they were processing their faith. They lost their Messiah. And they weren't sure. They weren't understanding what was going on. They weren't sure who they could trust. Their faith was going. And they were at a point where they either decided to not trust, to stay where they are, or whether they could move on and move forward in their faith. And in the, up, in the upper room, I can imagine Peter, you know, saying, so, what are we going to do? And Mary and Mary saying, we have to anoint Jesus' body. And I picture Peter saying, no. Are you out of your mind? That's dangerous. There's so many Roman soldiers there. And that tomb, that tomb is 787 pounds. Are you going to move that by yourself? You need at least 10 people to move that. And when they heard all of these oppositions, it could have been so easy for the two Marys to just step aside and say, you know what? Forget it. You know, how many times do we find ourselves in in our daily life situations when we come across a brick wall? You know, we can either 
throw our hands up in the air, or we can choose to trust and move forward and, and somehow trust that God will find a way. And that's what Mary and Mary in this story did. Even though Peter and John and all the disciples there were throwing reasons as to why they shouldn't go and, and why they shouldn't be faithful and why they shouldn't go forth and prepare Jesus' body to be buried, Mary and Mary were the only ones there who said, you know what? We're going to trust. I don't know how that tomb's going to be moved in order for me to get to Jesus' body to prepare it. I don't know what those Roman soldiers are going to do to me but you know what? I'm going to trust and I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to go forth and do what I need to do. Do you think that Mary expected for an earthquake to come? Do you think she expected for Jesus to roll away the stone? God is a God of unexpected surprises. God can work miracles, unexpected miracles for those who trust in him. You know, just like Pastor Paul in the story, you pray, you're not sure how he's going to do it. But if you just ask for a miracle, God can send a little kitty cat in the corner with a piece of bread. We don't have to have all the answers. And that's one of the things I found in this story with Mary and Mary is, for me, I'm a control freak, and Tony can tell you amen to that. And I, in my job and in all aspects, I have to have control. And if I don't know how something is going to be solved, it annoys me. And, and especially with our Night of Hope coming up, I call Pete all the time, and I'm kind of paranoid. You know, what are we going to do? What's, what do I tell everybody? I have to have everything, like, organized. You know? That's me. That's my personality. But what I get from this story is, you know, even though Mary and Mary could have been so discouraged from the fact that they, they had no help from the men to move away the stone, you know, these were just two women coming up against a hundred Roman soldiers. Can you imagine that? All these soldiers protecting the tomb. And the tomb, if you can just imagine, it weighing 787 pounds. That's huge. Despite that, Mary and Mary were able to remain faithful. They trusted. They trusted in God. And they said, out of love, we will continue to worship him. We will continue to serve him. How many of us are in need of a miracle tonight? These two Marys, as a result of their faithfulness, were able to witness something extraordinary. I mean, I can imagine their expressions at seeing the tomb rolled away as they came there, as a result of their faithfulness. They were able to go forth and preach the gospel. They were the first preachers of the gospel. How amazing is that? That as a result of their faithfulness, they were able to preach the gospel. I want to leave you with a verse that has been my verse for this month, and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. If you don't remember anything, I want you to remember at least this verse. And if you want to highlight it or take it with you, I just feel like maybe somebody is going to need this for this week. And it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 
You know, these two Marys believed in that promise. They were strong and they were courageous. They weren't afraid or terrified of Roman soldiers or a big tombstone. They went forth wanting to prepare Jesus' body, but instead they found that empty tomb and they were able to rejoice. Praise God. Hallelujah. The most miraculous miracle. The unexpected happened. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And the result of their faithfulness, they ran and they shared and they spread that gospel. He's not dead. He is alive. He is alive to continue to work miracles in our lives today. What do we have to do? What can we do to receive that miracle? Maybe some of us here tonight have a family member that we're praying about. Maybe we ourselves are struggling financially with school, with decisions regarding our future. And you're like, I need a miracle. I need a way out. I need something. And I just want to leave you with that verse again. Be strong and be courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I want you to hold on to that promise this week. Our topic tonight is just, it's short. It's straight to the point. And that's what it is. You're not alone. You're not alone. That God is with you. And just as Mary and Mary were able to see something amazing, something miraculous, God is waiting to work a miracle in your life tonight. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.